0: Michael Reed
1: on LMFM. Now let's take a, a look at how the virus has been acting in this country over the course of the last week.
2: Over the, the last seven days or five days, depending on how you look at it, uh, we've seen around 2,000 cases per day uh, on average. So very much less than we were seeing a few weeks ago. But just to remind you, very, very high indeed. 14-day uh, instance below a 1,000 Uh, for the first time in four weeks Um, and the the number of people in hospital has peaked and and plateaued uh, since we last reported. So almost 2,000 people in hospital on average uh, for the last two weeks Uh, and the number you've heard is 1,948 this morning. Um, One of the positive signs is that the number of admissions to hospital per day Um, has been decreasing now for the last two weeks. Um, It it peaked at around 140 admissions per day. Uh, On average, it's uh, below 100 uh, over the last seven days, and we saw 74 uh, admissions or confirmations today. Uh, The number in ICU plateauing at uh, over 200. Uh, Again, the number of admissions per day may be starting to decline there, and that may be um, the beginnings of uh, a slow decrease in numbers in intensive care Um, but as I've mentioned at the beginning we expect those numbers to remain uh, very high for weeks to come. Um, Very sadly over the last week we have seen the highest number of deaths per day uh, on average that we've seen at any point in the pandemic so over the last seven days to today uh, we confirmed uh, 52 deaths per day um, a low number today seven.
1: That's uh, Professor Philip Nolan speaking at uh, the NEFET briefing uh, last night. Uh, Dr. Mary Scully, who's a GP with Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan, joins us once again this morning. Good morning to you, Dr. Scully. Thanks, uh, as always, uh, for your time. Uh, It looks as though we're really in this for the long haul. Yes, good morning, Michael. Yes, I think today
0: Cabinet is going to agree to the method recommendation that the level five restrictions continue until March the 5th, which is nobody really wants to hear, but I think the attitude is that this they want this to be the last lockdown, so they're not going to come out of it and have to go back into it again at a at a later date, so they want this to you know, to be the very last one, hopefully with the vaccine rolling out um that this may well hopefully be the last one, so that's one crumb of comfort. Mm. That's what we're gonna suppose offer.
1: Yeah, but we're getting all sorts of conflicting messages uh, at the same time, aren't we? we we're talking a- about uh, a shortage of a vaccine and uh, the problems with the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine now uh, look very complicated uh, and as to whether it's a- as effective on older people is another question, let alone its availability. But then there's the variants and how transmissible they are, the rate of morbidity and mortality. And uh, this could go on for some time to come so that even... If we get these numbers down now, which we look set to do, uh, we have to keep restrictions in place because they can come back at us so quickly.
0: Yes, but, you know, the vaccines have started rolling out. Uh, They expect that, uh, you know, all nursing home residents and staff will be fully vaccinated, having had their second dose in a matter of weeks. They're starting the second dose regime um, in nursing homes this week. So the most vulnerable cohort um, and the oldest patients in our population will be fully vaccinated in a matter of a couple of weeks. Most healthcare staff will also be fully vaccinated, hopefully by the end of February. And then, you know, it's going to be rolled out to the older cohorts. Um, I do agree that the news about AstraZeneca not being so effective in the over 65, which was um, circulating last night in, in the media, was not news we wanted to hear at all. But I think since then, there have, that has been refuted by both the, both the German health minister and AstraZeneca themselves, and it's got mm. to do with more to do with the, the numbers in the trial that were smallish in the over 65 um, age group. But I think there is evidence that it still remains efficacious in that age group.
1: Mm. Uh, are the restrictions we're expecting to be uh, approved by Cabinet today uh, enough or should we go further? Should we follow the uh, example of New Zealand a- and Australia and look for zero COVID policy and lock the country down? Uh, we were listening to Leo Radker talking about doing that or the government looking at doing that uh, for possibly 12 months.
0: Ooh, no
1: holidays for 12
0: months. And. Mm. Um, it's it's a little bit tricky. Although we are an island, we're an island of, of two parts. And there is a different governing uh, body in the north of the country than there is to the south. And, um, you know, whether the north of Ireland <coughs> would agree to, say, for example, restrictions on UK visitors to Northern Ireland, I can't really see that happening. And So therefore, <coughs> you suppose you could look maybe at a two-island policy with us and Britain, Um, having the same policy but um, that remains to be seen whether that is something that is going to be considered by the two governments Mm. so um, you know it's not um, you know even it's not even up to us that we can lock down um, Southern Ireland because there's obviously going to be you know traffic to and fro cross border in the north
1: Mm. Yeah, well, we're talking about the restrictions that we're living with at the moment, uh, continuing until the 5th of March. Uh, but it's uh, easy enough uh, to imagine us back here on the 5th of March talking about uh, extending it beyond that, isn't it?
0: It is, unfortunately. Like I said, we're probably looking at this being the this final lockdown and it's going to be for as long as it takes. And if that means that there's still a lot of virus circulating in the community, but if it's March, then I think yes, the restrictions will continue hmm. beyond that.
1: Okay, and uh, those restrictions are, are, are hurting. Uh, In so many ways, Uh, we'd uh, Olivia in touch with us uh, talking about her her mother who's in uh, the Louth County Hospital uh, and uh, she hasn't seen her for the past three weeks since she was transferred there from Our Lady of Lourdes. Uh, She says that she's distressed uh, because she can't see the family and the family are distressed uh, for that matter. It's a a nightmare and wonders if, if there's any way of getting a visit.
0: I think at the moment, because the levels of the virus are so high in the community and there's quite a lot of asymptomatic cases, that the hospitals are just really trying to keep the virus out and to be really as safe as possible to mind their vulnerable patients. And although I agree it is very distressing for patients and their families not to be able to receive visits in person, um it's really is the safest policy. Uh, and at the moment as I understand it the hospitals are at all taking the line that only um terminally ill patients or patients in critical care can receive maybe a visitor fully PPE'd up and stuff, but but I think okay. for the ordinary patient um that can't happen. I mean you could suggest, you know, using technology, FaceTime, you know, mm-hmm. um uh you know, videos um et cetera to give some you know, type of a visit but I suppose you have to look at the bigger picture that this is to protect the patients that are in the hospital from virus coming in from outside.
1: Yeah, it's cruel but it's cruel to yeah. be kind. Yeah. Uh, has uh, the virus... Uh, failed to surprise you Uh, it seems uh, as though uh, every time uh, we think we have a a handle on it uh, and we know where we're going uh, something changes, uh, a new variant or we're the best in Europe and then become the worst in the world Uh, or in Waterford I think they they were one of the best in the country and became one of the worst in the country and uh, I've seen dramatic changes uh, and how virulent it is Uh, the amount of people, uh, the amount of cases uh, we've seen in the last month or so, never mind the amount of people in ICU, the pressure in the hospitals, how we could run out of ICU space and indeed uh, the tragic story of the amount of people who've succumbed to this and died as a result of the virus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a very, the virus that, that never fails to surprise us um, and when we think as you say we've got a hand on it, you know, up pops a, a new variant which is more transmissible, you know, um, causing more cases uh, first UK, then South Africa and then Brazil. Um, so, you know, it's a really, really difficult virus to get on top of. I mean, if this is a once in a lifetime event for pretty much everybody that's listening. We'll never see anything like this, this type of world pandemic again in our lifetimes.
1: Mm. And of course, uh, the usual advice applies no matter uh, how clever this virus is or how virulent it is. uh, We don't need to catch it. We can protect ourselves.
0: Yes, I mean, you know, the old advice going back right back up to last March, the old advice all still applies about wearing face coverings, washing your hands, social distancing. They are all the things that still will protect you. You know, even, you know, if even if you don't have a vaccine, you know, they are the basic things will all protect us.
1: And to accept the guidelines, uh, as in Olivia's case, uh, that it's cruel, but cruel to be kind uh, and accept that to be the case and to follow the guidelines.
0: Yes, and I do appreciate it's really difficult for for, um, families not to be able to visit. But the trouble is, you know, there is a substantial amount of asymptomatic positive people out there. I mean, only last week, um, our practice had two patients who came in and, you know, did not seem to be symptomatic in any way. Um, but for one reason or another, they were sent for a test. One man was being been admitted to hospital and had a test in the hospital. And both turned out to be positive. So, uh, you know, creating, you know, furore in the practice as to how many minutes they'd been sitting in the consulting room. And, you know, had the windows been opened mm-hmm. and at what distance they sat, etc. So, you know, uh, you, even though you're not symptomatic, you may still have the virus. And that's the biggest problem. Mm.
1: Uh, have you been vaccinated yourself?
0: Yes, I've had the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine two mm. weeks ago. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there will be enough supplies to give us our second vaccine um, this coming weekend. Okay. So I think most GPs, not all, um, have been vaccinated at this stage. And I think most frontline healthcare workers in hospitals have been vaccinated for the first dose anyway at this stage.
1: Any side effects or anything untoward? No,
0: um, no? no a mm. tiny bit of a sore arm, but, um, that, you know, no worse than getting my annual flu vaccine, really, and no other side effects. A few of my colleagues reported sort of feeling vaguely tired and sort of, you know, a bit fluish for, you know, mm. a day or so afterwards. But that was the most.
1: That uh, was uh, reported. Okay, but I I think most people will be envious Uh, certainly uh, the polls would indicate that. Uh, At one stage I think 25% of people were saying that they would take the vaccine, now it's 75% and Mm -hmm. as time goes on I think that will increase and we'll all be hoping uh, to get back to normality and hopefully that's one of the routes towards that. Dr Scully, thank you very much indeed as always for joining us today. That's uh, Dr Mary Scully who's a GP with Abbey House Medical Centre in Avon.